Please stand by after this program for a listing of the Iowa Hospital Association's upcoming educational events. Hello, and welcome to the Iowa Hospital Association podcast. I'm Emily Liskey, Director of Communications. And I'm Joa Hogan, Director of Education Services. On this episode of Getting to Know Iowa Hospital Executives, we learn more about Cindy Karstens, CEO at Stewart Memorial Community Hospital in Lake City. Cindy began working at Stewart Memorial Community Hospital in 2008 as Chief Nursing Officer and has served as CEO since 2016. Her career started at Greene County Medical Center in Jefferson as a staff nurse and later as Director of Nursing. Cindy has nursing degrees from Iowa Central Community College and the University of Phoenix, as well as a master's degree in healthcare administration from Des Moines University. Cindy was recognized as a top 100 nurse in Iowa in 2011. She is a member of the American College of Healthcare Executives and serves on the Iowa Central Nursing Advisory Committee, Calhoun County Board of Health, Calhoun County Disaster Coalition, IHA Council on Representation and Advocacy, and is IHA District A Chair. With nearly 40 years of healthcare experience, Cindy has a lot of insight to share. We are excited to learn more about her. Hi, Cindy. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, let's get started by hearing more about what your typical day looks like. Well, my typical day usually starts at 7.30 in the morning. And I come in and I start responding to emails and just prepping for the day because it helps me to be prepared for what's going to be happening because you never know from day to day. A lot of times my days are impacted by lots of various meetings. Some of them are organizational meetings such as quality, policy review, safety. Then some of them are outside of the organization such as my role with Calhoun County Board of Health or the Disaster Coalition or being uh, a Unity Point affiliate, we have our rural CEO meetings at Fort Dodge or in Des Moines. Other things that I do possibly throughout my day is I try to round with our providers on a quarterly basis. So that's just me sitting down with them for about an hour, finding out what's working well for them, what's not working well, and what things we can do to help them to make their practice better. Uh, we also attend uh, leadership development institutes here at our organization that we hold for our department directors. And those are held quarterly and I attend those with our department directors. And then we also have employee forums that we hold in the hospital and uh, at our outer lying clinics, which we have three of those. So um, it varies from week to week and month to month of what my day looks like. Can you tell us a little bit more about those employee forums? Yeah, sounds like you guys have a lot going on there, which is awesome. Um, our employee forums usually have highlights of specific things that we feel that our employees need to know. Um, we try to be a very transparent organization. So our employee forums that we are actually having two weeks, we will be going over our strategic goals and sharing with them our results from 2019 and all the successes that we had, and then telling them what we're going to focus on um, this year in 2020 and how they impact our goals and our strategic plan through the work that they do. So we just pick key information that we feel that our employees need to know so that they can understand the why when we're making changes or um, discussing projects that we're doing. And so your background uh, professionally is in nursing. How would you say that has impacted your 
role as CEO and in those day-to-day -day activities? Well, being a nurse, you are involved in many of the departments. So you're not only just in the nursing department, you've had interactions throughout your day with respiratory therapy, radiology, uh, physical therapy, surgery, those types of things, as well as the providers. And so having that knowledge from a nursing standpoint, um, I can see how the teams work together and what um, we do when we make plans or plan projects, how is it going to impact all of those teams and making sure that we have all of the key players on board and in those meetings when we have any of those discussions. Um, being a nurse, one of your key focuses is patient experience and quality and best practices. So as we continue to roll out initiatives in our organization um, that promote those things like antibiotic stewardship, my nursing background really helps me to say, yes, we're making the right decision here. This is what's going to be impactful for our patients that we serve. It's going to be great for our doctors. And in the end, it's going to help with a reduction of costs for the patients that we serve and stuff. So having that knowledge, even as a nurse, you have your own budget that you have to work with. So you, you have a lot of broad areas that you have touched and that really helps me when I'm doing my job. So what inspired you to get into nursing and healthcare in the first place? My mother actually works as a, as a certified nurse's aide, which I hadn't shared with you that, shared with you before, but then I had a sister who is older than I am, who actually went to St. Joe's out in Omaha, became a nurse, and as she shared a lot of her experiences that she had in, in nursing out in the Omaha area, it really intrigued me and I, it sparked an interest with me to move into that role too. So I then went into uh, being a nurse's aide also. And as I continued to work with patients and saw how we impacted those patients to help them get well again so that they could go back out and function, it just continued to drive me and inspire me to go into the nursing role. Great, thank you. So you've served as a CEO for a few years now. What are some of your greatest accomplishments? I would say for me personally, my greatest accomplishment, getting my master's in healthcare administration, but some of the things here is our organization as we have focused on really some of the initiatives around mental health. Uh, as the mental health coalitions started to come uh, about, being more involved in the regional mental health coalition, because Calhoun County was actually one of the counties that had minimal services. And so over the years, we have been able to implement a lot of new things here in Calhoun County for mental health. We actually have uh, licensed social workers or, that are in each of our clinics that do counseling uh, with the coalition. We have actually brought telepsych into our ER, which makes it much easier for our providers as they're dealing with those mental health patients. And we have a good relationships with Plains area uh, working on a crisis home, knowing that we have patients that we can just send to those areas if we need to. And then the other key thing is probably completing the master facility plan that we had set out to do in 2017, which is now leading us into our building project. Yes, we've heard the, the hospital has some building projects coming up. Can you tell us more about that? Um, we are really excited because the building project will uh, start probably uh, this summer in July is when we're looking at brown grate 
groundbreaking. And when we did our master, master facility planning project, we identified uh, some key areas that we felt we really needed to address. Our emergency department and our physical therapy department. In our emergency department, we have one big trauma bay that is divided by curtains. Very little privacy for our patients. And so that's a key area that will be done our first year is having a brand new emergency department that will be actually attached onto our inpatient wing, which will actually help the flow of nursing back and forth because as they pull staff back to help care for patients in our ER, um, they actually pull the nurses from the inpatient wing and it will be much easier to flow back and forth in that way. Um, in the emergency department, they will be all private bays. We are actually also putting a CT and a radiology room in that area so those patients don't even have to travel down the hallway to the new to a, another radiology area to have testing done. Um, with our rehab services, we have grown so much over the last three years that we now currently have three different areas that we provide therapy services in. And so we're going to make one large uh, rehab gym and therapy area. So that almost triples in size. And that's also in the first year of our um, project. And once those two areas get done, then the areas that they vacated will then all be renovated also to have administration move into another area, business office, um, cardiac rehab, some of those. A part of this podcast is to get to know more about Iowa hospital executives beyond their job description. So we wanted to get into some information that people may not know about you. And you're originally from Farnhamville in Gowrie, Iowa. Uh, what was it like growing up there? Well, growing up in that area, it's very rural and very small town. And so everybody knows everybody. You know your neighbors and your neighbors know you. Um, it's very friendly, uh, low crime rates, those types of things. Um, you have to realize that I, I uh, graduated from high school there at, back when they were still playing six on six basketball. Um, volleyball was not even a thing that we did back in those days. And uh, so many changes since then, but being in the rural community, I really know the lives of the people that we serve because as an organization, we serve a very rural population. So I know what the farmers are wanting when they come in to be seen or what is we can expect from some of those things uh, as farmers are working in the field, maybe getting injured, those types of things. Having that knowledge of a rural community um, helps you be prepared for what things may come in your emergency department. Yeah, I bet. And that's um, you bring up a really good point about knowing your patients and especially in the rural healthcare setting. One thing, I hear that Gowrie is famous for its 4th of July celebration and uh, actually has the longest running consecutive parade in the state. What was your favorite part about that celebration? Well, you're correct. Um, the parade in Gowrie is fantastic. Um, for a small town, the parade takes over an hour long. By the time we get in line as an organization with our float and park, it, it takes us a good hour to an hour and a half to get through the parade route. And the parade route is not that big. It goes downtown and around the park and then back past the fire station. So it's, it's like only three or four blocks, but it takes a long time because there's a lot of people who participate in it. Um, one of the things that I really love about the parade is the 
um, honor that they pay to the veterans that have served in our wars over the years and really identifying the veterans that are from our community. It's one of the first things that comes through the parade. It is a two floats that have all the flags honoring the vets, one individually for each vet along with their plaque saying who they were, which, which war they served in. So very patriotic. Um, this year we're gonna have, be celebrating 150 years. And so Gowrie will have a huge celebration this year. And just being able to have the family get together and spend time during that time is, is a key thing for us. And does your hospital float, does it change each year? Is there a theme to the float? Um, usually we have a float that ch changes from year to year depending on what's going on. So the last couple of years we've been really focusing on our building project and how that's going to be impacting our communities and stuff. And so yes, our, our float does change from year to year and uh, it's our doctors are on there, the staff from the gallery clinic ride on those floats and uh, really enjoy it and we invite their kids so that that float is very full by the time we get done. So can you tell us what do you enjoy doing in your spare time when you're not working? Well, in my spare time, what I have of spare time, I uh, enjoy reading. Uh, in the warmer months, I enjoy gardening outside. If I'm not gardening and doing something like that, I am camping, doing some traveling. I love to go to Iowa State football games. Um, other things I do is I have grandchildren. I have seven of them and they are all very busy in activities, so I'm going to sporting events or cattle shows, um, watching them in all of those roles and being a key supporter for each and every one of them. Well, I'm a big uh, camping enthusiast myself. What's your favorite camp spot in Iowa? Well, that varies. Um, we actually have a membership at Cuddy's in Okaboji, so that's one of the key ones that we go to, and we like that just because it's an enclosed campground that has many activities for when the grandkids come up and everything. Um, we also like the one over by Story City, City Little Wall, because it's actually close to Ames and to where one of where my daughter lives and everything, and so it's a close location for us to go camping there. Check out some of those places. Yeah, for sure. And what would people be surprised to know about you? Well, I bet people are surprised that I actually have seven grandchildren. They probably wouldn't realize that. Um, and with our grandchildren, one of the things that um, people probably don't know is that we actually raise cattle. And my granddaughter, Tyler, from Story City actually shows cattle a lot. And uh, she actually was in the Governor's Steer Show in 2018, and Governor Reynolds actually showed her steer. And it was very good for her to be able to participate in the Governor's Steer Show because they actually got to work as a family at the Ronald McDonald House, which is the one I'm guessing is the, at Mercy that they're just opening. You mentioned that you enjoy reading. Are you reading any books in particular at the moment? Um, well, I spend a lot of time reading leadership books. So I've been reading a lot of Brene Brown. Um, I read Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. So some of those, but when I'm not reading uh, leadership books, those types of things, then it's usually a romance novel. To wrap it up, uh, one last question we have is, what advice do you have for other hospital leaders? Well, the advice I have is something that I learned, that as a leader, 
you can't do everything by yourself. It's gonna take partnerships and it's gonna take collaboration with either the team that you're working with or other organizations or other hospitals or affiliates. And you really need to find who those partners are that you can work with and collaborate with. But when you're looking for those, look for ones that align with the values that you and your organization have so that you make sure that they're a good fit and that when you have that working relationship, both of you are being successful and making an impact on the communities that you serve. Well said, Great. I like it. Well, thank you, Cindy, for sharing your story today. This podcast is an opportunity to learn more about Iowa hospital leaders. IHA will be releasing more episodes in the coming weeks. Join us next time to get to know another Iowa hospital executive. following are a listing of IHA programming for February and March. For additional information on any of the events listed, please go to ihaonline.org. There will be a webinar titled Commonly Cited Deficiencies for Critical Access Hospitals on February 13th. There will be a webinar titled Mindfulness, a Centering Practice for Personal Effectiveness on February 20th. The 2020 Hospital Day on the Hill takes place in Des Moines on February 25th. There will be a webinar titled Medicare and Medicaid Overpayments and Self-Disclosures on February 26th. The Employment Law Webinar Series kicks off on March 4th. The Iowa Rehab Managers Spring PMG Conference will take place on March 5th. The 2020 IHA Critical Access and Rural Hospital Forum will take place on March 10th at the IHA Conference Center. There will be a webinar on March 10th titled, Where Governance Models Are Going and Trends Towards 2020. The 2020 Risk Management Conference will take place on March 12th. This conference is complimentary to all IHA members. There will be a webinar titled, Professionals in Social Media on March 23rd. We'll have our 2020 Just Culture Conference here at the Conference Center at IHA on March 26th. If you'd like further details on any of these programs, please visit our website at ihaonline.org. Or you can also contact me, Joa Hogan, at hoganj at ihaonline.org.